0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Catholic Truth. And in this video, we're going to be talking about 10 verses that prove the Catholic religion, prove the Catholic faith. Because many people say that you can't prove the Catholic faith in the Bible. Many people say that the word Catholic is not found anywhere in the scriptures. The word Bible is also not there. So just because a word is not there doesn't mean that it's not true. But the reality is, if the teachings are there, even if the word is not, then it is true. And here, we're going to be showing 10 verses that prove the Catholic faith. I mean, the Catholic religion can be found from the beginning of the New Testament to the end. All over the New Testament, we find Catholic teachings. And in this video, we're just going to be giving a couple. (music) The first verse comes from Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, and it says this. "'Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.'" teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. See, in this verse, Jesus isn't starting a religion based on a book. He started a teaching and preaching authoritative church, which is exactly what the Catholic Church teaches today. He didn't start a Bible religion. He started a church. And just so you know, these verses are found in—all of these verses being quoted today are found in the Protestant Bible, the New King James Version. But the reality is Jesus told them to go teach and preach preach and convert people and baptize them. This is what the Catholic Church has done for 2,000 years. Verse number 2. 1 Peter 3:21. It says that baptism now saves you. It actually says saves you. Many non-Catholics, especially anti-Catholics, will say that baptism does not save you. Works do not save you. Your sacraments do not save you. Baptism doesn't save you. But it literally contradicts the Bible which says that baptism saves you in 1 Peter 3:21. Now of course baptism alone doesn't save us. It's Christ who saves us through baptism. And we can see this in Acts 2, 38, where Peter stands up and he says, Repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall then receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children. So we see that faith And calling on Christ and baptism go together for the remission of your sins. And this is what 1 Peter uh, 3.21 is talking about. And also Mark 16.16, just to throw in another verse, says, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. See, they go together, and that's always the way it is in Scripture. Faith and baptism. Again, this is what the Catholic Church has believed for 2,000 years. Verse number three, Matthew 18, verses 15 to 18 says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him your fault between you and him alone. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two other witnesses with you. And if he does not listen even to them, then bring it to the church. And if he doesn't listen even to the church, then let him be as a Gentile or a tax collector, meaning let him be kicked out, let him be accursed. And this verse proves the Catholic faith because it teaches an authoritative church. Many people say, oh, just two or three people meeting together is the church. That's all you need for it to be the church. But Jesus says you can bring two or three people together, but he distinguishes that between that and the church. He says if they don't listen to you and the two or three witnesses that you bring, bring it before the church, the authoritative church. And of course, if they don't listen even to the church— See you later. So not only does it teach that the church here has authority, but the church is an entity besides a couple of individuals. And this, in the verse 18, it actually says, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. In other words, he's giving the apostles preaching and teaching authority in his name. Again, he didn't start a Bible church. He started a teaching and preaching authoritative church. Nowhere in the New Testament do you find people just sitting around reading a book, trying to interpret it for themselves and trying to figure out what it means. No. What you see is a church with authority from Christ to teach and preach, to correct their brothers and to reprove, like just in this passage, and to make doctrines. This is the teaching and preaching church that Jesus established. The second verse comes from 2 Thessalonians 2.15, and it says this, Stand fast and hold to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word of mouth or by written epistle. So, the Bible says to hold to traditions. Many anti-Catholics will say that the Catholic Church has traditions, but you're only supposed to go by the Bible. That's it. But the problem is the Bible doesn't actually say that. Nowhere in the Bible does it say to go only by the Bible. And in fact, it doesn't say that all tradition is bad. Many people will quote Mark 7-7, where it talks about evil traditions, but they forget about 2 Corinthians 2-15 and 2 Corinthians 3-6, which say to hold on to the traditions that have been given you. And by the way, if you would like all of these verses that I'm given, I can send you it by email. If you would like these verses and a lot of other verses that prove the Catholic faith, just provide your email down below, or you can email us at info at Give us your email and your name, and we will send you all of these verses and a lot more that prove the Catholic faith. The next verses come from Matthew 25, 31 to 46. And in this verse, we're going to see that faith and works are both necessary for salvation. Many people say we're saved by faith alone. Faith plus nothing equals salvation. You don't have to do anything. Christ does everything. It is true that Christ does everything, but we actually have to live out our faith. And if we don't, we're not going to be saved. Look at these verses. These are the verses that say that if you feed The poor, and you clothe the naked, and you give drink to the thirsty, and you visit the imprisoned, then you will go to heaven. And at the end of these verses, it said that all of the people who are going to hell. Being cast into hell, they ask Jesus why they're going to hell. He didn't say it's because you didn't have faith. Maybe they did have faith. He said it's because you didn't live it out. You didn't do anything with that faith. He said you didn't clothe the h- naked. He said you didn't feed the hungry. He did- said you didn't give drink to the thirsty. You didn't go visit the imprisoned. You didn't do anything. And therefore, what you didn't do to the least of my children, you did not do to me. And then he said, depart from me, you accursed, to the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So faith alone is a myth. It doesn't save you unless you're talking about a working faith. If you're talking about a faith that lives itself out with works and has works, then we can agree that faith saves you. But it has to be a working faith. It's not faith alone. Number six, the next verses that prove the Catholic faith come from John 6, verses 51 to 55, but we're just going to talk of verses 53 to 55, and they say this, Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and you drink his blood, you have no life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. In these verses, Jesus is clearly teaching about the institution of the Eucharist, his body and blood, which Catholics have received for 2,000 years. We've received, I mean, look at Matthew 26, 26. It says he held up the bread and he said, this is my body. He didn't say this is a symbol of my body. He didn't say it represents my body. He didn't say it's metaphorically my body. It's kind of like my body. He said, this is my body. The reality, Jesus said it is truly his body body and blood, and he really is present there. And I challenge any non-Catholic to go read the writings of the earliest Christians for the first 500 years of Christianity, and I guarantee you that every single one of them unanimously believed in the true presence of the Eucharist, unanimously believed that Jesus was present there, just like Catholics teach today. The next verse—I'm actually going to give three verses, so this is technically more than 10 verses I'm giving you for Catholicism—but these verses come from the book of Acts, and they prove that the Catholic Church, again, is a teaching and preaching authoritative church that has bishops, that has... Uh, people who lead the church. It has deacons, and these people have to be ordained. If your church does not have bishops, it does not have pastors, it does not have deacons, and they weren't ordained with the laying on of hands, then your church is not the true church. Listen to what these verses say. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his dwelling place be desolate, and let no one live in it, and let another take his office. In this first verse, we're seeing apostolic succession. One Apostle dies and one is ordained in his place. And in fact, at the end of the chapter, it says that Matthias was chosen to be an apostle. And even Paul, when he was chosen to be an apostle, he also had hands laid upon him so that he could receive the authority that came from Jesus through the apostles. And we see this in Acts chapter 6, when the deacons are ordained. And if you look in verses 2, 3, and 6, you will see this. And in verse 6, it says they laid hands on them and gave them the authority to do this. Likewise, in Acts chapter 13, it Verse 2 and 3, it says this, As they ministered the Lord, to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them to do. Then, having fasted and prayed, they laid hands upon them and sent them away. So, you can't just start a church called Pastor Bob's Church or Deliverance Ministries Church. You don't have any authority whatsoever to start a church or the thousands and thousands of little curbside churches that start today. Your church is in order to be the one true church, has to have the authority that came down from Jesus, that he gave to the apostles that we've been seeing in these verses, and that they've passed on to other men by the laying on of hands, who passed it on to other men by the laying on of hands. And we can see this tradition down through the ages that the Catholic church for 2,000 years, their bishops and their priests and their deacons have all had hands laid on them legitimately for 2,000 years. I mean, this is awesome that they've had it for 2,000 thousand years, and they've passed it on to us today. Many churches don't have the authority from Christ. They don't even have the laying on of hands. They don't even have deacons in their church, so you can't be part of the true church unless it's part of the New Testament Bible that we see here in the Bible, these offices that Christ has established. Verse 8, Matthew 16, 18 through 19, we see that Jesus starts the Catholic Church built on the rock of Peter. And I'm not going to give a whole lot on this because we have an entire video explaining about it. I mean, the gymnastics that so many non-Catholics have to go through to try to prove that Peter's not the rock. And they'll say, oh, Peter was just a little pebble and Jesus was the big rock. And they don't even watch the video because I explain how that's impossible based on the passages. And they'll say, well, Jesus is the rock. The Bible says from beginning to end that Jesus is the rock, to which Catholics say amen. Jesus is the rock, and we've believed that for 2,000 years. But if you actually watch the whole video, you'll understand how Jesus can be the rock and how Peter can be made the rock as well. Just as the book of Revelation says that prophets and the apostles are the foundation of the church, but yet the Bible also says that Jesus is the foundation of the church. They're using them in two different ways. And we just made a blog post article on our website, thecatholictruth.org, is the Pope, the vicar of Jesus. And what does that mean? And it proves and shows the understanding that Jesus can be the rock, but also Peter can be too, and how he has received the authority from Jesus himself. The ninth verse is a difficult one, and it comes from Matthew chapter 19, verse 9, and it says that anybody who divorces somebody and marries another commits adultery, except in certain cases of sexual immorality or unlawfulness. And it says that anyone who marries somebody who's already been married Also commits adultery. In other words, there is no divorce and remarriage. But the bottom line is that the Catholic Church has taught for two thousand years that there is no divorce and remarriage, except in certain unlawful circumstances, which is why you need an annulment. But Protestants—they say that fifty percent of Protestant pastors are divorced, and it has nothing to do with sexual immorality, unlawfulness, or anything else. They just get divorced, and many other people just get divorced and remarried as well, and the Bible. Condemns this. Every other church has compromised on this. And the Catholic Church receives a lot of flack from this. Many people attack the Catholic Church for this. But the Catholic Church was not the one who made the rules on this. It was Jesus. Jesus was the one who gave this teaching. And it's the Catholic Church. And it seems like the Catholic Church alone who has upheld this teaching for 2,000 years. And this is why this is just another verse that proves the Catholic faith from the Bible. Number 10. The final verses come from Matthew chapter 19 verses 11 through 12 and 1 Corinthians 7 verses 7 to 9 and 32 to 34 these verses teach priestly celibacy many people say that celibacy is not in the Bible and it's unnatural for priests to remain celibate and you're not allowed to force priests to be celibate but the reality is the Bible teaches celibacy and Jesus says in Matthew 19 that this is a noble calling and Anybody who can do it should do it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul advocates celibacy as a higher calling. He actually says that he recommends it because people who are set apart for the Lord are able to serve him better not be tied down with the worldly things of this life you know, of the stresses and the, the, the difficulties of this life. He recommends setting yourself apart wholly for the Lord. But if you can't, of course, get married or, you know, just do something else. But if you can, he recommends celibacy. And Jesus was celibate. And Paul was celibate. And so, far from being abnormal and unnatural, Jesus recommended it, and he was celibate. Paul recommended it, and he was celibate. It's not an unnatural thing. It's a good thing. You're not forced into it. It's a choice you make. You don't have to do it. You don't have to become a priest. But if you choose to do it, you're choosing to give up your sexuality out of love for God and to serve him for the rest of your life as a foretaste of what's going to be in heaven, where we love and serve him forever, without sex, without marriage, Joe. <laughs> For eternity, And these are just ten, and I mentioned a few more than 10, 10 verses that prove the Catholic faith from the Bible. And if you would like these verses and a whole lot more verses that prove the Catholic faith from the Bible, send us your email at info at on our website, or you could put it in the comment down below, and we will send you a whole bunch of verses for free. Memorize them. Learn them. They're amazing. There's so many verses that prove the Catholic Church from the Bible. Please consider supporting this ministry, $10 a month, $15 a month, and help us to reach millions of people for Christ. Thank you so much for watching this video. We hope it was inspirational for you, and may God bless you.